to Let's Talk to Animals. Have you ever wished that you could talk to animals? Like a modern day doolittle, so to speak? You can. I'm here to tell you that you can. My name is Shannon Cuts. I'm with Animal Love Languages. This is Pearl Cuts, my 22-year-old feathered sidekick. He never misses an episode. And you were just telling Miss Trisha that you've been with me since you were five weeks old, right? Yeah, where mommy goes, Pearl goes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So here we are for another wonderful episode of Let's Talk to Animals. Uh, you know, I've shared this story quite a number of times, but I will never forget right after I had my very first experience of talking to animals, my first thought was everyone can do this. And that's exactly where this podcast and YouTube series came from. I felt so inspired to share the good news, so to speak, with others. And to do that, to help me do that, I've invited Trisha Wren to join us today. Um, before I forget, because sometimes I do, um, all the way until the end, you can find Trisha at trishawren.com. That's T-R-I-S-H-A-W-R-E-N.com. Just to make sure you have it in case you have to jet early. Um, we are going to be chatting about Trisha's process and her progress and her experience evolution as an animal communicator that evolved out of her work and her lifelong love of horses. So welcome, Trisha. Thank you so much for donating your time and um, you're generously agreeing to share your wisdom with us today um, on the podcast and the vlogcast. Um, oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. So happy to to be here. I'm here in the U.S. You are in New Zealand. And, I am, but in case yeah. anyone's confused by the accent, I am Scottish. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Love it. I visited Scotland um, in May. Oh, nice. When I was still at university, which was a very, very long time ago. Um, but it was so magical. It was so wonderful. And even though it was actually kind of drizzly and rainy there at the time, everybody was eating soft serve ice cream everywhere oh. we went. It was super crazy. I loved it. I would love to go back. And I have never visited New Zealand and I would love to go. But that is not what we are here to talk about today. And I am easily distracted. So um, what I'd really love to do is just kind of open it up. Of course, a lot of folks that are listening to this podcast or finding us on YouTube um, have an interest in animal communication. Uh, as many animal communicators as there seem to be in the world, um, we never have enough. We always need more. And there are lots and lots and lots of folks that still don't even realize that we exist or that animal communication is a birthright gift. It's something that connects us to every other being and all the energies that are on our planet and surround us, surround our planet. And it is, um, it's kind of a, a, it's most, it's one of the most beautiful ways to experience being alive. So much mm -hmm. of me that I never even knew was there only opened up when I started learning how to tap into this universal language. So that's where I always like to start with these podcasts and these, these um, is to just ask, you know, what happened? Like, how did you know that talking to horses, talking to animals was even a thing, you know? Oh, well, <clears throat> I'm not sure that I did really. Ah, 
Um, okay. But, <laughs> but um, I think for me, it all started when I started looking for more holistic and sympathetic ways of working with my horses. Um, I read lots, I researched all sorts of different things uh, to try and find what felt right to me. Um, I remember that um, around that time, we, a, a friend um, came across an animal communicator and ah. said, why don't we get this lady to come and talk to our horses? So we did, and she came in person to our um, property and she was pretty accurate. There were things that she couldn't have known um, and we enjoyed it, but at the same time, it didn't really wow me. And I think that I, and I think a lot of people still do this, I kind of saw it as a bit of a party trick. Um, you know, it was a one-off, it was just something different to do. Um, rather than something that could actually be of ongoing help or something that I might be able to do. So um, I guess that uh, in a way, with hindsight now, that has kind of shaped why I specialise in horses and why I work the way that I do, but we can come back to that. But um, that was kind of the start for me. I mean, oh, after that, I, I did, um, at some point after that, I um, went on a weekend animal communication course. Again, I was sort of searching for answers and trying to figure out because I had a difficult horse. I still have mm. her, actually. Ah, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she came to New Zealand with us. She's 30 now. I've had her wow. all her life. Um, and yeah, we, we had a, a very difficult phase and I could not figure out what the problem was. And um, so I, in all my searching and trying to find out, you know, what what I needed to do and, and what the heck she was trying to tell what me. What was going on? <laughs> um, I went on this animal communication course, sort of a two day weekend thing. And um, it was all small animals, obviously. There was, I don't know, cats and rabbits and things like that and photos. And, um, you know, you get led through exercises and I did have some success, but again, it didn't sort of, I didn't really click into place or wow me and I found that when I went home I couldn't replicate it on my own um so um yeah uh, what really made everything fall into place for me was um was joining a meditation group um fantastic I I tried meditating many times over the years and I just couldn't do it yeah. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> the mind doesn't love meditation does it no oh you know like I'm a trier I try yeah. all sorts of things like you know I I I throw myself into things and I, I research and I, you know, I, I like, I'm endlessly curious and I want to learn 
Um, but it, it didn't really happen for me all those years. Um, I was working with horses and um, traveling and teaching. And I can remember this would be about 15 years ago, it was in Australia. I was teaching a clinic, um, horse and rider biomechanics is what I used to teach. And um, I had touched this horse in a certain way just to kind of um, bring him inside his body and help him to ground himself and relax. And I was standing waiting for him, allowing him to process. And somebody who was watching in the audience called down, oh, Trisha, you can so hear what he's saying to you. And I went, hmm? Nah, really? <laughs> Do <What>? tell. <laughs> and I, I, when I was speaking to her later, I found out that she was an animal communicator. And she, ah. I, I think up until that point, I always thought, and I'm sure this is a really common thing too, I always thought that animal communicators could hear animals talking to them, could hear streams of conversation and chatter to them in their head. And that is not how it works for me. I never had that. And so I thought, I'm not an animal communicator. Don't be silly. Um, and so, you know, it, it has taken time and, and work because I, I do believe it's a practiced skill too. The more you practice it, the better you're going to get at it. Um, it's taken time for me to learn uh, how it works for me and um, how to interpret what I'm getting, what it means, and to kind of hone it, if you like. So, um, you know, I think that's a pretty common thing for people that they think, oh, well, I can't do that. I don't hear animals talking to me, you know? Right. So that's right. been a big part of how I kind of teach people now and or, or even just put that information out there, inform people that there are lots of ways that you might be receiving your information. Exactly. I think there has been, it's weird. I usually don't use the modern day Doolittle kind of the, you know, that I don't usually use that reference, but it, now I understand why I said that because it, it, I think that movie and the concept it really has influenced, you know, we do kind of look like a party trick, you know, Doolittle, <laughs> like that was like a really random rare thing that just happened to this one person and it's like I've, I've shared this story a couple of times on the podcast but it bears repeating I when my father was in um in hospice one of the nurses that we had um my mother is so proud you know the moment I I, I, I talked to their dog and then she's like running all over the neighborhood you know my daughter talks to animals and one of our nurses, she told, she told the nurse and she said, Oh, um, my daughter's been doing that since she was three. Wow. And then, and I said, Oh, that is so neat. And she's like, she said to me, I'm so glad that I don't have that gift. And I thought, she's like, I wouldn't want that. And instantly I, I realized 
And I said, you know, your, your daughter doesn't just, you know, we don't walk around all the time just hearing all of the beings around us, just, you know, this conversational symphony in our head. Maybe your daughter does because she's so young. She hasn't learned, you know, how to tune out when she needs to focus on something else. She's just really open. But, you know, we, it's a channel like anything else. It's our birthright and it, you can do it too, but it's just, you have to learn how to adjust your, your radio dial. And it is, and, and, and so it's like anybody out there right now who's either found us deliberately or stumbled on us by chance here as we're chatting about animal communication, you know, two things. One, you know, it, it's, something it's it, exactly what you said it's you know it's a gift but it's also a skill and as just like we you know we come into this in into our lives maybe with a default birth language like mine was english you know and so i still had to go to school for like 16 years to learn how to use it it doesn't mean that you know i just i got a download you know i unzip the file you know open the program and boom you know i mean that would have been wonderful 16 years of boring english classes just gone but and two um there's like i love what you just said there's so many ways that that conversation can take place i would love it if you would share a little bit more about what that's been like for you because i think that there are probably a lot of people who are tuned in who are already having conversations yeah. and don't understand what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, um, you know, I, well, I was going to say, I see it especially with horse people, but I think anyone who has a really close relationship with their animal, whatever species it is, um, has a connection, a deeper connection than they may even be aware of because um, horse people, for instance, um, get really good at learning what the horse's body language means. You know, what, what does it mean when it flicks its tail or when it pins its ear or, you know, any of those things? Um, what different facial expressions mean? So, you know, you can you can be um, having a sort of silent communication with your animal, even just via those things, you know, oh, he's not very happy today. I bet that's because I blah, 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 you know. Um, but, you know, then when you go deeper, the people who are getting extra information and maybe, maybe it freaks them out a bit or maybe they just don't know what it means, um, it can be things like, you know, you might hear a word, a sentence, um, you might get colours, you might get, uh, you know, so for instance with colours they could be relating to how the horse is feeling that day, uh, maybe you'll get a darker colour when you know he's feeling a bit grumpy or angry for instance and maybe you see brighter colors when it's a happy day it, it could be it could be anything um yeah. you might get um you might get visuals you know where you can where you're uh 
you know there's something wrong with your horse but you can't figure out what and maybe you see in your mind's eye a picture of their left hind leg or you know their right front hoof or something like that you might get a picture that leads you to something tells you something um you might get feelings or emotions I get that a lot. I get that, uh, you know, I can feel whether the horse that I'm connecting with is happy or sad or, um, you know, upset or uh, disgruntled. Um, um, some people will feel pain, you know, so you, you might think, oh, my right shoulder is really sore today, but I, I have no idea why. And then realize that actually it's your horse's right shoulder yeah. that's the problem. So, you know, there are lots of different ways that you might be getting information. And, you know, really, I'll, I'll say again, it's a practiced skill. It's, it's, I think the first thing is to kind of accept it and not be freaked out by it. Yes. Be curious about it. And, to um, explore it a bit or practice it, you know, to, to um, think, okay, well, I'm getting this kind of randomly. I wonder if I could get it if I ask for it, you know, like if, if I'm getting that sore shoulder type yes. of information, how about if I actually say, um, let me feel where my horse is sore right now. So, you know, you can develop your skills that way by um, pinpointing how you're getting your information and then, you know, taking it a bit deeper. So, um, yeah, you know, I think a, a, a lot of the, the skill of it is about trusting it and exploring it and practicing it. That feels, it just, it, I, I think back to all of the different, you know, classes I've attended over the years uh, to learn this, that, and everything else. And, you know, there's always that kind of that, that initial exposure shock. It's like, is this really real? You know, what is happening to me? There is a tendency, I think, just because of our, you know, again, our shared fight or flight survival system, our deep limit brain that has a tendency to react, react to anything new. Like, are you a threat? are you? Come on, confess. Like, okay, you're not threatening. All right. So I don't have to freak out. Just like you said, I don't have to freak out. Now I can get curious. And curiosity is the great energizer. It's the great breaker of barriers. Yeah. Um, because it, when we're curious, we're playing. We're just, like you said, we're just exploring. We're just kind of seeing, you know, there's so much of a tendency to go, well, if I go down that road, I better have a reason. <laughs> <laughs> better have a goal in mind I better you know use your time wisely you know get an A it's like it there's none of you don't need any of that for this you know it's enough of a goal to just feel more connected to the planet we live on and the other beings in it mm. and to evolve in our understanding of how we fit in and 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 I think this is a particularly um relevant uh, focus for what's going on right now how we're we are all more alike than different 
regardless yeah. of what we look like on the outside. And that extends to species. I love how you say it, you share on your website. And I definitely want to talk to you more about your, your classes and your book sounds phenomenal and intriguing mm -hmm. and meditation and the role in that, because I, I also think that's really key. That's been really helpful for me, but um, you know, just really kind of starting with, um, you know, maybe, maybe your curriculum is designed for people who care for horses and love horses because that's your background. And because yeah. unlike me, you don't have to struggle when you're doing a communication for a horse and you're like, well, is it the shoulder or the withers or the hops or <laughs> this or the that, or where's the hoof? And it's just like, you just, it's so easy, you know, to bridge that, that the, the language barrier isn't there, so to speak. But you also say in your courses, this is for all animals. And you could just as easily substitute dog or cat or parrot for horse <laughs> and it would be just the same you know yeah. and so it, it 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 feels like it doesn't matter if you want to talk to I actually did a communication last week for a woman and her dog who'd crossed over but while we were chatting she mentioned this problem that she was having with um, some rodents in her backyard that were eating everything in her vegetable garden and it was very frustrating and I explained uh, just a couple of the principles of animal communication. This woman has never done animal communication before. I explained just a couple of the principles. I said, you know, you can talk to them. You can send, I, I explained, uh, I shared one technique to send them mental pictures. And so we, we talked a little bit about how to do that and encourage the rodents to, you know, have dinner elsewhere. And um, it worked. Like two days later, all the, all the rodents are gone. Their hawk has moved in, you know, so we know where some of the rodents went. Right. But it's just, sorry guys, but seriously, it's like, sometimes it can be what I want everyone listening and watching to hear and take in is that it can actually be that quick and that easy. And um, yeah. one of my mentors said, you know, the hardest thing about this is how easy it is. <laughs> You know, it's like, I loved how you said at the beginning, you know, that it was kind of like a party trick. We are, I mean, we make good party tricks. <laughs> we do, we're fun. You know, I happen to think that animal communicators are pretty, uh, pretty fabulous people. We're, we're cool to hang out with, we're fun, we're creative and we're curious. And that makes for great conversations and lots of good explorations. But at the end of the day, what makes us feel and look and seem like a party trick is because the hardest thing about this is how easy it is mm. it is in it's an innate to all of us and so yes there's the you know it's like I, I grew up in a musical family I had to practice for years to learn the muscle I love how you said biomechanics of the horse and the rider I had to learn me and my instrument you know I had to learn how to train my small muscles and do all the things but the gift, and that was the biggest frustration, is that I could hear things before I could actually execute them. Mm. And so if you're listening or you're watching right now, you're already, there's some piece of you that's already resonating with you. And that's yes. the piece that's going to make it easy. It's also the piece that's going to make it hard. So let's talk, Tricia, about your course and your services and how you can help people. I am not a teacher, at least not yet. Um, the animals haven't asked me to do that, but they have asked me to bring this information 
to interested students because we need we need you the animals need you and so I want um, one of my goals with this podcast and this YouTube series is to to connect people who want to learn with the teachers they resonate with so I would love it if you share a little bit more about how you work with students and how you serve pets and their people especially horses um, and kind of what 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 would that be like if they wanted to work with you Mm. yeah well um as you said, I mean, I've had, I've been a passionate horse person all my life. Um, so, um, and and a, an equine professional, you know, teaching um, horse and rider biomechanics, doing horse body work. Um, and, and so all of that already gave me that deeper understanding and connection with horses. Um, when I when I first decided to switch, and, and I pretty much did it overnight from being a, a, a an instructor, you know, horse instructor effectively, to being a full-time animal communicator, um, I I sort of thought, oh well, actually, I don't know if I thought it consciously, but um, I, I probably subconsciously assumed that there, I, I couldn't just be a horse communicator. So when I started out, I was advertising to all animals. Um, and then I, I realized that actually my specialty is horses and I should just put the majority of my focus there. And as it turns out, Horse people have lots of other animals. Horse people have dogs and cats yeah. and, you know, um, I've done cockatiels and I've done sheep and cows and you oh, name it, um, lizards. I love them. <laughs> um, but, but my specialty is horses. And so I, I advertise to, to horse people. Um, and I, for me, I think horses, are, you know, I don't know if this is just because I'm a horse person, but I think horses are special. <laughs> well, we're going to go with that. Horses no are special. No offense to Pearl. <laughs> so, so are parrots. So are, so are, so are all yeah. animals. Yeah, but exactly. I do believe, I do believe we are called, I mean, I, I shared with you yeah. before we started what it, like, I'm so passionate about so-called exotic animals, especially yeah. turtles and, and parrots. So I'm totally, we are yeah. on board there. Yeah. Horses um, are special. They are. And I, I mean, I think that with horses, um, because I do do other animals as well, I see differences. You know, the information that I get from a horse is much different and much more in-depth than what I would get from a family dog, for instance. And I think part of it is what we do with horses. The very fact of the way we keep them, the fact that we raise them, um, that we, you know, put them in vehicles and take them places and, you know, just all the things we do with horses. Um, it takes a certain kind of animal to uh, cope with all of that, for one thing. Um, and being being ridden, I mean, we don't, it's not like I'm going to go ride Pearl, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but that takes some, some tolerance from on yeah, the horse's end. So- yeah, so there's, there's, you know, there's, there are different aspects to horses and, and the connections we have with them. So, um, 
partly because of the way I get my information and partly because of my experience with horses. Um, the way that I work is that in a session, I and, and I do all my sessions remotely. So all I need is a photo and the horse's name. It can be any photo. It can be an old photo. It can be a headshot. You know, I'm not I'm not looking at what the horse is doing in the photo. I'm just making an energetic connection. Um, and then in my sessions, what I do is um, I've done Reiki in the past. And so I, um, you know, when if you're photocopying something, um, you put your piece of paper on the plate and the, the light scans it like that. When I'm doing my sessions, it's kind of like I'm doing that. I do a body scan. So it's as if I'm looking at the horse sideways on and I start at the nose and I scan the left side of the body and then I scan the right side of the body and I get stopped where, where there are issues. Um, I've also learned partly because of my experience um, or, or kind of developed a sort of protocol. So I know which questions to ask. I know where the tricky areas might be. You know, I know the things to check that are the common issues that horses have, you know, like how are his teeth doing? Um, are his feet balanced? You know, and so I go through a whole kind of protocol checking them out physically. Um, and then I do a lot of energetic work. I, um, I rebalance their um, energy field and their chakras. Um, I check that their meridians are in balance. Um, I clear away any negative energy effectively. And then I get to questions. Um, so um, as I said, I'm not getting a stream of information, so I tend to um, kind of prompt the animal, you know, I'll ask them questions, how are you doing, how do you feel about this, how do you feel about that, and if I ask questions I get answers, and the answers might be visual, they might be a colour, they might be a feeling, um, but as I said, I've learned how to put it all together and how to interpret it. Um, so what I find is that for horse owners, that's super, super useful. And I have a lot yes. of people who get regular checks of their horses because they know that, um, oh, oh, Trisha, he, he's feeling a bit off. I think he needs another energy balance or, um, you really helped him last time with this. Could you ask him how he's feeling about blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and they understand that, you know, they're getting a sort of comprehensive report of how their horse is doing right now and what they might need to focus on or change. Um, and it's really rewarding because I know it's like you said a minute ago that anyone who's watching this is already interested, right, in some way. Well, that's... Yes. The, that's probably the biggest thing I love about my work is that people don't I don't get the the sort of naysayers or you know the people that that think this is crazy I only get people who want to help their horses and that's really cool and really rewarding 
I mean, that's such a huge important point because, you know, there is, there is still, even though with everything that we're going through right now, just on a planet and just the, 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 the driving need to save and conserve and protect and cherish what we have here. I mean, Mars sounds great, but we have a really great planet right here, right? And it would be super cool if at least some of us got to stay. And so, you know, there is this, this rising tide of interest in let's dig deeper. Let's go beyond, you know, um, what we can comprehend and interpret with our minds. Let's start using all of our senses. And that Mm -hmm. means working with energy. And that means understanding from the networks of fungi that, that, you know, support the trees and the plant life to why are all the other animals like seeming to be in sync and we're the only ones that are consistently kind of, you know, swimming upstream here, just us and the salmon. But I mean, but they know why, you know, and we have no idea. Most of us have no, why did I just do that? Why did I just say that? Why didn't I say that? You know, and just feeling so lost where every, it feels like the planet would just be ticking along just fine without us, you know? Mm. And so, you know, there are, but there is still that contingent, uh, you know, uh, that are skeptical to at, at best and, and just, uh, you know, I would say probably, you know, distrustful or just, you know, doubting or just scared mm-hmm. because opening up is going to turn everything that, that, that they think they know 180 degrees and that's super scary. And I totally yeah. get that. Like we don't want to rush into the, we don't want to rush into things like that can be super scary, you know, but it's like, it's also setting our intentions. Like, are we here to convince or are we here to do good? Yeah. And it's like, you know, you could either spend all of your, and I have met communicators who do really seem to cater to the doubting or the disbelieving. And that's fine if that's where they feel called. Like, as for me, I'm already 50, like time's a waste and I want to help, you know, I want to work with the people that already, they're, they're at least curious enough to want to want to have an experience and then make up their minds yeah you know and yeah there could be there there, you know because this actually occurred to me i used to be the person who hired animal communicators like my first experiences talking to animals came later in life and they came when you know i had a rather difficult complicated exotic interspecies family and they were not like super excited about each other and so i and then one of them decided to wander off and that's kind of where i got my entree into animal communication i loved it i like i thought this is the greatest thing i want to do this a lot like a lot more than i can afford to do it but i never thought i could be one of them mm. until i was meditating one day and in my meditation, I heard, you are an animal sensitive and intuitive. Hmm. And I thought, what the heck is that? <laughs> that sounds cool, but what the heck is that? And of course, when I started to learn more and explore that, you know, then I'm thinking to myself, well, why don't I just talk to my own animals all the time? I'm learning to yeah. do this. So let's talk for a minute about, you know, there's, there's two things going on right now with the work that you're doing. You're, you're, you're connecting with people who have horses who want you to help them build a closer relationship. And you're teaching people how to do this work for themselves. I guess where I'm kind of going with this and what I kind of learned, I'm not sure how to ask the question, but you know, where is their value in adding an, a, a, a trained communicator, a professional practiced? I like, I like practice better than train communicators to the mix 
when you can also do this? Like, why would I, why do I still hire animal communicators, which I do? You know, um, why does that make sense? Well, I, I've got quite a few clients who I would call, uh, you know, pretty spiritual connected people with horses who still get me to to check in with them I, I think one thing is I don't I don't talk to my own horses very often at all or my dogs I've got two dogs under my feet as you <laughs> <speak>. <laughs> um, I think I think it can be harder to speak to your own animals um, because when they're yours you've got all that history with them you've got that personal relationship with them and it's much much harder to tune in in a clear unbiased unemotional way and and you know all those things can color the information that you're getting or whether you trust the information and so one of the big benefits of um, getting someone else to do it for you is that you know, like I find it really easy to be impartial because I have no connection to that horse. Even if it's one that I've I've spoken to often, or even if they belong to, you know, someone that I know, um, it's really easy for me to be um, separate from it and um, to to just lay it out. You know, here's what I got. Um, and, and I very, very rarely hold stuff back. You know, I, I always figure that if I'm getting something and I think, oh, I don't know if I should tell them that, you know, occasionally yeah, that, that can will be a happen. tough one. Yeah. yeah. But 99% of the time I just say it and they go, oh, that makes perfect sense or that's because of such and such. You know, it always it's always there for a reason. I see that more as a test for me than anything else. You know, do I trust it enough to pass it on, you know? Um, so, so I think, you know, those are the reasons why it can be easier or even better sometimes to get an animal communicator to do it for you. But if on a sort of day-to-day -day basis, if there's no kind of urgency and no you know, uh, sort of really fraught situation or yes, something. Exactly. Um, then sure, uh, practice it yourself, get good at figuring it out. I, I think for me with my, the reason I don't do it with my animals is I don't want to badger them. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. always be, uh, I don't want them to feel like I'm in their head all the time, you know? So so I only use it when I need to use it. Like, like you know, if, if I think one of them is sick or something like that, then I'll check in on them. Um, but I don't do it as a kind of routine thing with my own animals. But I think for um, your sort of average pet owner or horse owner, I think it's a really good thing to learn because it's giving them a much different relationship and deeper connection with their animal. It feels, I mean, what you said is, is just, it's so spot on because that's exactly how I do it when there's an issue that where I know I can't be objective about this. Like when mm -hmm. I wanted to, yeah. my, you know, you 
you've all met Pearl, who's eating, eating his evening rice right now. So those of you who are watching this, that's why he's not on my shoulder right now. Well, I added one and then two tortoises, well, tortoise and then a box turtle to our family. And he was, he had been an only bird for 15 years. And so, you know, all together now, was Pearl happy? No. And so, you know, and it, it got pretty obvious. And so here I am faced with, well, we've already added these two other beings to our family. It's not like I'm just going to kick them out, you know? So trying to kind of navigate that and boy, it's been very successful, but I am not in any position, you know, just like I'm not going to do my own root canal, even if I'm a trained dentist, you know, there's yeah. all kinds of problems with that. Not the least of which is it's hard to see when it's your own mouth. Um, it's kind of the same concept, you know? Also, I think it works both ways you know I we were both saying oh you know I might be too emotionally involved to connect you know communicate with my own animal in these circumstances but it works the other way too I mean I I fully believe there are times where um, animals hide things from us or don't want to tell their owner something because they don't want to upset them you know that sort of thing so you know, that's another reason why um, getting someone else to do it can be better because there isn't that that same worry, you know, and, and it's easier for me to say to an animal, well, tell me how you're feeling and then we'll figure out what, what to tell mum, you know, exactly, <laughs> uh, rather than them just not wanting to say anything, you know. Mm -hmm. because the animals you know it may seem like our animal you know it's like it's so torturous for us when an animal gets sick or acts out or doesn't get along with another animal or person in our family or whatever is going on but that's always for our ultimate benefit and I mean I I so relate when you're like oh god do you really want me to tell her or him that really what I don't want to you know and, it's like, and then to be able to go back to the animal and say well can we you know is, can we rephrase that or is there another way that I can share the information and just kind of work with it yeah so it doesn't come with such an you know initial shock that it's like and just kind of sensing you know and I think also the animal who may have been withholding because I agree I mean animals just like human animals non-human animals can be complex and they have their reasons and they're really good at reading us and deciding what we can take and what we can't take and so it's kind of like when their human goes then goes to seek out an animal communicator then that animal understands no this person is really serious about wanting to know what's going on with me like yeah. maybe they can handle it you know, and then yes. again, like you said, it's just a matter of, it's like, oh, I don't really want to say that to this, you know, it's like, well, we'll, we'll work together and I get to be, you know, the messenger rather than the animal directly, you know? So, so I want to, I, I want to encourage anyone who is listening, anyone who has stumbled across Let's Talk to Animals podcast on YouTube somewhere because YouTube has its own weird ways of curating things and suggesting what you should watch next, right? If you are listening to this, if you are watching, just consider that perhaps the animals in your life, maybe your pets, maybe the squirrels in your backyard, who knows, maybe they're just giving you a friendly little nudge. Maybe this is the day that you consider that YouTube can talk to animals. Maybe you want to reach out to Trisha 
patriciaren.com, that's W-R-E-N.com, and consider taking one of her courses or having a session, especially if you happen to have a horse in your life. What a neat and exciting way to feel closer. Um, we do these podcasts twice a month right now. That could change at any time. Um, never underestimate my, my ability to pack my schedule with more podcasts than I can edit. But we will definitely be here twice a month. You can learn more about our podcast series at animallovelanguages.com backslash podcast. I too am an animal sensitive and intuitive. That's a whole other story. Uh, communicator and Reiki master. So from one Reiki practitioner to another, I, I adore that we're, we're connecting together. And I just want to encourage you to continue to stay tuned. And um, we'll be back very soon with another podcast and YouTube series episode. Okay, bye for now. Thanks.